But then again, who asked me? Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Who Asked Me podcast. Per usual, my name is Zell. Um, welcome to our second Tuesday release date. And you know what? I'm going to call y'all out because I have noticed a little dip in the listening since I started releasing on Tuesdays, which is just last week's episode. Um, and look, y'all, when and if I can get back on Monday, I will get back on Monday for y'all. But between me needing to cover Potomac, my job, and then that man that wants to marry me, the least I could do is spend time with him. Like, I'm busy, okay? So Tuesdays is what works best. I'm just kidding with y'all. But for real, let's, let's, let's get on the same page, all right? Because your girl, we trying to make moves. <laughs> um. So before I get into the recaps, I was going to go into depth about these four people, but I've decided to just do a quick overview. So what I have for you is four celebrities this week that should have just shut the entire fuck up. So first two, Milan Ashton. Huns, why did you say that? Why did you need to tell us that you don't bathe yourselves or your children? Did you think that, okay, I don't know. I don't know what went through their minds, but now I just know two celebrities that probably most likely smell, okay? Third, Matt Damon, because what? I would say, have you been living under a rock? But I know that's not true. So Matt Damon told the world that he just recently stopped using the F slur. Okay, sir. Why? Did you think that the rules didn't apply to you? Did you think that like it was okay for you to keep saying that because you're Matt Damon? Like, let me know what it was. Let me know. Why are you a fucking asshole? I don't know how you thought people were going to receive that. And I know that there's a huge group of people that are like, oh my God, so proud of him. Yeah, fuck y'all too. Okay. And fourth, Michael Shea. (sighs) Michael Shea decided that he wanted to open his DMs up to invite people to make Simone Biles jokes. And why? I don't know. Like he woke up on the wrong side of the bed and decided that that's what he wanted to do. Um, And a lot of them were disgusting. And he also decided to share them. A lot of them were making jokes about her mental health and others were, you know, there were some about the abuse that she suffered at the hands of the U.S. gymnastics doctor, which is fucking disgusting. Like, I hate the trope that when comedians say like, oh, nothing's off limits. No, some things are. Some things actually fucking are off limits. And you know what, Michael, if you want to joke about like your own mental health, because I do that, I joke about like my own mental health and stuff. That's something different. This girl is going through a lot and what you did just didn't help anything. So trash human. And with that, I'm just going to wrap up for all four of those celebrities this week. What do I always say? Please remember, you can always say nothing. All right. You can always say nothing. So with that, let's get into the recaps. 
So this week on Roni, um, we have Ramona and Sonia's birthdays, um, and Luann has decided she wants to not only throw them a joint birthday party, but also she would like to make an original Christmas song, which is cute for the Countess, okay? So first things first, we get to see a little bit more about Ebony and her search for, you know, more family members. And I will say this, a lot of the things that she discussed when it came to her father and Sonia as well, I understood. It hit home for me. Um, I liked that they discussed the fact that your dad can be the first man to break your heart because that is absolutely true. Um, I've experienced that before myself. Um, and I'm a, I will say this, I'm a little bit more interested in Ebony's search for her lost sister. I'm not going to lie. When I first heard it, I listened right past it. I didn't care. It was giving big Melissa uh, Gorga energy to me. But now that I see, you know, what's going into to it and I've seen a little bit more, I'm like, okay, I, I kind of hope that that Ashley woman is her sister because they seem like they've established a good relationship thus far. Now. All of the women have shown up to Luann's to do their little la de doos on the Christmas track and Leah comes and she's asking questions about like, okay, well, my lawyer said this, I'm lending my voice. How long are you going to donate the proceeds to charity? And look, Luann don't have those answers for her. And let me just say this. It is not lost upon me that Luann is shady. I wouldn't enter business with her. Mama's own kids sued her. And let me tell you, if your kids are suing you, I want no parts of you, okay? That's a problem, a big one. So I don't think that Leah's questions are invalid. I just think that there's more that we're not talking about. A la the Tom Hamlet from the Dumpster Dive podcast explained to us, it's a tax write-off, Okay. There are certain benefits that Luann will be benefiting from more than the other ladies. Now, I don't think the other ladies are as concerned as Leah is because she is a business owner and I just think she also too wants the write-off. But what I can't get with is her acting like she's doing this on a fucking Diddy track or her acting like this is going to be the next All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. Like, do we think that I'm going to have this on my Christmas playlist next year? No. All right, I'm not putting the Countess on the same playlist as Destiny Child's Christmas album. I'm not putting her on the same playlist as NSYNC's because while I am still upset with Justin Timberlake, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays is a bop and it will always be a bop. Do you understand me? And I'm most definitely never putting the Countess on the same playlist as Donny Hathaway, okay? That is not something that we will do. Also, it's been brought to my attention and I really wasn't even thinking about it. Has Luann been sitting on this track for over, well, it's August now. So like seven or eight months, because at this point in Roni, they said that uh, Thanksgiving has passed and then they're going into Christmas 2020. We haven't seen a video or a, heard a song. So is she releasing it this Christmas season I'm just a little confused to be honest because I don't think I'm gonna care and I don't even know they haven't even filmed the reunion yet and also by the time this Christmas comes around I'm gonna forget about all this shit 
hell. But who knows? So going into Ramona and Sonia's birthday party, it's an intimate affair, if you will. The argument gets brought up again. And, you know, Ramona says that she's not too, and Sonia say that they're not too worried about, you know, lending their voices. Ebony is a lawyer and she's not too worried about it either. <laughs> the fact that Leah is the one that keeps harping on it. And Ramona tells her, oh, you know, we're, we're supporting her. I, we'll support you too. You, we'll get you a t-shirt or get your t-shirts. What is it? Leah mob? And <sighs> Leah replies, no, thanks. I'm good. I don't need your demographic. I have Rihanna wearing my shit. Thank you. She also in there somewhere tells Ramona that she doesn't want this smoke, which I was confused about because why in my life would I ever tell Ramona Singer, you don't want this smoke? Like, babes, give me a fucking break. That's like, yeah, Leah, you, it's easy to look like the tough girl against Ramona. You're not talking like that to anybody else on this cast, really. Ramona does, probably doesn't even know what the fuck that means. She's probably like, smoke? What smoke? Do you have a lighter? So please stop. Like, that is what irritates the fuck out of me about her. You're not arguing with anybody that you are actually going to get a rise out of like that. Who is actually going to bring some smoke. Because what would you do if she would have turned around and been like, yes, I do. Let's blow it up, bitch. I just want her to run into the wrong person one time. Like, whatever they need to do for casting next season, I want her, I want them to give me somebody who is going to push back on Leah in her fake fucking bad bitch. And I'm using quotations with that attitude because I'm sick of this shit. I really am. Okay. <sighs> Which when she says, I have Rihanna wearing my shit. First of all, let me touch on this. If I'm a business owner, clothing, you know, anything, I want whoever wants to wear a t-shirt to wear the fucking t-shirt. Case in point with me. I... I mean, I talk about my podcast in my outside life, but sometimes when people are like, oh, you have a podcast, what is it about? I'm like reality TV and, you know, pop culture. And they're like, oh, I don't watch reality TV. I'm not going to be like, okay, just don't listen to it. I still talk about what the name is. Yeah, I get that wearing bitch mob t-shirts may not be Ramona's jam, but to say like, oh, I don't need you. Like, girl, it's, it's a t-shirt line and it's not like you are that big I don't think you're struggling but whatever I don't give a fuck so anyways Rihanna hopped on Instagram and told us stuff we already knew that she is a big Roni fan we knew that but also she asks Ramona and says what was said and everyone took that as like she's team Leah which was confusion because she just said what was said. Just like the rest of us, we kind of were like, okay, how did we get here for her to be like, Rihanna wears my shit and blah, blah, blah. Okay, Leah's throws these phrases out that don't really make a lot of fucking sense. It's like, okay, yeah, Rihanna does wear your stuff. Why are you bringing that up right now? Because you don't want Rihanna to wear it or like, or you don't want Ramona to wear it? Like, Girl, just be happy whoever gives you $20 for them fucking t-shirts. Which leads me to this. 
Leah does something so absolutely disgusting that it made me start compiling a list in my mind of why Leah is the absolute worst party guest to have. So at the end of the party, Leah has bought a penis cake and a vagina cake because she just has to let everybody know how sex positive she is in every way, shape, or form. She then proceeds to take a fucking bite out of the community cake. That cake it wasn't just for her. She puts her, her mouth onto it, which it doesn't even matter if it's COVID or not. That was gross. So these are what I have compiled for why Leah is the worst party guest. First of all, she gonna come to your house and destruct your property, a la the tiki torches, okay? Now, I get what the tiki torches had going on back in 2017. It was a bunch of bullshit. However, if I go to somebody's house, it is not up to me to dig up the tiki torch and throw the fire into their yard. That's so rude, so fucking rude, okay? Also, she gonna come to your house and call you a bitch inside your own house. Why would you want something like that at your party? Okay, then she's also going to raise up her dress and start grinding and dancing and help uh, your friends break shit at your birthday party. And then she gonna put her mouth on your whole cake so you can't even enjoy any of your birthday cake. Stop inviting this girl places. Stop it. Okay, you know, we know she don't know how to act. She nasty. All right. Oh, I for speaking of, I forgot the last thing. She gonna bring that little dog, and a dog is going to be everywhere. She does not know how to control it. So, if you are fine with the destruction of your property, being called a bitch in your own house, your birthday party being disrupted, and somebody else's dog climbing all over your counters and couch and eating your food, your human food, then yes, invite Leah McSweeney to your party. One other thing I wanted to touch on from. Roni this week was the very awkward conversation between Bershon and Ebony when Ebony tells us that she is having black Shabbat and she's inviting all of the other white women and fails to invite Bershon. Listen, I am very annoyed at this because Ebony keeps making excuses to why she wants to or why she can't invite Bershon in this conversation. And I really don't think Brashawn's even looking for all of that because she was just like, okay, I don't really want to go anyways. But then you have Ramona over here that is so like put off, like, why does it have to be black uh, Shabbat? Why does it have to be black Shabbat? And it's like, see, you would rather have a Ramona singer here than Brashawn. I'm not understanding why she is more concerned with making Ramona uncomfortable than kind of, you know, building a relationship with Bershawn and showing these ignorant white women a bond between two black women that may not get along immediately from the start, but still have a sisterhood. It's a little weird to me. I'm not going to lie. Because if you ask me who would I rather have in my party, it is Bershawn. Whether she calls me boring or not. I still rather have her there than Ramona. But that's pretty much it for Roni this week. I don't know where the rest of this season is going, to be honest. And I'm starting to wonder how many episodes we have left. But nevertheless, I'm going to keep watching them. Okay. There is no Beverly Hills this week. So we are just going to stay on the East Coast and head right on down to Potomac. 
All right, y'all. So before we head on down to Potomac, I actually am essentially going to break the fourth wall of this podcast. So if you don't know, I record this in segments. Um, usually some usually it's over the span of like a whole day, my off day, and then sometimes it's over like a couple days. However, today it's 24 hours. And I promise y'all not two minutes after I got done telling y'all why Leah McSweeney is not a great house guest, which I stand by. I was listening back to my Roni recap, scrolling through Instagram, making my notes for editing, and she posted for a fan art, and it said, for those of you who can't stand me, here's a hundred of me. And I had to laugh, because I've said this about, like, Erica, Jane, and I've actually also said it about, like, Stassi. (laughs) While I am very sure that there are people saying absolutely wild things in her inbox. Here's my thing about the Erica's, Stasi's, and honestly Leah as well. Um yes, you are on reality TV. People think they know you, but they really don't. You are human, you have made mistakes. I get all of that. Where I just kind of chuckle is the resistance to anybody that might tell you something that's anything less than you like. And like, listen, I understand because I am somebody that's very sure of myself. Um, and these, all of these women are older than me. So I get it. However, listening, I crave being, I myself crave being a self-aware person. So while there are people being wild in their inbox saying ignorant shit that they know nothing about, and while there are also on the complete other side supporters that they have and I understand listening to the positive listening to the positive listening to the positive at what point do we say okay maybe I'm going to check myself and be like all right here needs to make a change and here's my thing about Leah when we met Leah last season yeah we met her up against Ramona Luann, Sonia, Dorinda, like these older white women that hold on to their older white women values. And I was like, yeah, she's great. She makes great TV. Um, You know, I enjoyed watching her. This season, like I've said about other white housewives, I'm starting to realize that maybe as a black woman, I am not enjoying these seeing these white women interact with women of color, black women, like anybody besides other white women, because it takes it to a different level. My thing with Leah, and I think it's because I've grown up in, um, well, not grown up. I live in St. Louis and I've been here for a while now. I have seen so many white women that have been told like oh you're down you're this you're that and like I said in the last episode I don't play that game like Bershawn was like where'd you learn to move like that you move like a black girl it makes people too familiar I evermore believe that Leah has been told one too many times that she 
you know, moves like a black girl, does this, like you're a down ass white girl, things like that. And it may has made her too comfortable to the point where I don't know if Leah is able to see where she may have fucked up. Yes, you are on a cast with Ramona Singer and child, Lord knows that it is like, I mean, it's easy to look woke next to Ramona. But that doesn't mean that you are all the way. Like I always say, you don't know, honestly, truly, you can share a black square, you can speak out against other people because you're on the outside looking in. But when you're in it, when you are actually in those conversations with black in situations with black women, women, women of color, you need to realize what you're doing there. I've spoke about this multiple times. My old boss at the job that I just left, I found her, her fucking Snapchat popped up on mine. One of the first things she said to me was like, I love Michelle Obama. I'm extremely liberal, blah, blah. But when it came to me and her having a conversation, she was still ignorant as the rest of them. Okay. Leah, you are not so woke because you're not as ignorant as Ramona. Okay. And you don't say the things that she says. So while I'm sure that is for the people that is saying are saying the most ignorant things in her inbox it is still just a huge eye roll for me because what I see is another person another woman who just doesn't want to maybe admit and maybe again I don't know Ebony and Leah's relationship and what she's think what Leah is thinking looking back on this hindsight is 2020 especially when you have a camera in your face recording your life but I just found it funny because she strikes me as somebody who's not going to realize that where she might have been wrong, a la telling Ramona, oh, you don't want this smoke. Girl, bye. Alrighty, so down in Potomac, um, listen, I lived for seeing Giselle's hairdresser tell her, um, you know, it could work if you wanted it to when she's talking to him about Jamal because she's doing her whole, I need somebody eight minutes away in not eight states. And it's like, Giselle, please, please, babes. We all know. And I know it was hard for you, but come on, just stop playing that game with us, okay? So while the Green Eyed Bandits are sitting there doing their photo shoot for their podcast, they decide to text Mia. And one of the only few times I've ever been on their side here. Listen, I'm gonna be honest with y'all. I don't think anything was wrong with that text message, but we'll get there. We'll get there. And so we hop over and see the Darbies. And again, an episode for first, the only time I have ever agreed with Michael Darby. They sit down at dinner and Michael orders a Corona. And Ashley says, you don't want to do like a fun beer? No, Ashley, you are the Darbies. You drink Coronas. Okay, and I can't see you drink a Corona right now because you're about to bring a beautiful baby into this world. So I'm going to settle for Michael. Okay, but that's the only time. And he quickly, quickly hopped on back over to my shit list when he decides to tell his nine month old or nine month old nine month pregnant wife that he's going to and or he wants to invest in film producing. I'm sorry, sir. What? Listen, I understand that like being a business owner is high risk in the first place. However, film production, that is like one of the highest risk investments you can make. Have you been talking to Rand? Like what is going on here? 
do not tell Ashley that when she's nine months pregnant. She could literally have this child at any moment. And you want to say, I think her reaction is way better than mine because I would have been like, leave me alone. Don't, don't talk to me. Leave me alone. I'm about to have your child. Like, do you think this is a good time to be talking about this shit? Oh my God. That man. That man. And like the, you know what? Never mind. I cannot spend too much time on Michael Darby. So let's talk about Miss Mia because there's been a lot of chatter online about this. And to be honest, I've like struggled with how I see this, how I see her in this situation. Um, as well as, you know, the comparisons being made to how Mia speaks about herself. So last season, we saw Wendy speak about herself and her accolades, her um, accomplishments and everything, her degrees. And listen, Wendy has worked very hard. I'm in all those degrees she has are incredible. Now, what I, I'm not saying that Mia just had something handed to her. I'm sure she, G, her husband, made sure that she was, you know, knowledgeable and able to take over the business before they kind of did their role switch. And so I get that. I don't think that the woman went in blind whatsoever. First of all, seeing her at one of her stores, <laughs> I couldn't help but like chuckle. And because I used to work retail and, you know, I've worked in the restaurant industry and something that always killed me because like, I don't own a business yet, but it is in my plan. Something that has always killed me about owners and higher ups is when they come in and they're like, move that there. Like visually, it's like, okay, yeah. Oh, why is this this? Why is this this? But then they spend like no time on the floor and actually looking at how things are ran now with Mia. Do I expect her to go in there and adjust people? No, because she's not a chiropractor. But it's like, okay, um, move that there, move that there. And then you don't even know how the computer system works. It's just so funny to me. And it's always something that I was like, I've, when I own a business, I'm going to know how to use everything in there because it's my business. And I want to be able to coach the way the best way I know which is from experience but that's just me um and then we get to see a conversation between her and her husband G about taking their son to practice so this is what I'll say about this I know that because she's told us Mia has had a rough go at it she's had a rough come up a life um and it's very sad I don't know from what I see, I don't know what more she could want in a, what more somebody could want, like how to explain those things in a husband. Because a lot of husbands and a lot of people in general, that stuff comes out more harsh. And I understand as women, we are taught, you know, you to put a lot of things, to sacrifice a lot of things that we want to do. You know what I mean? Um, for may it be our husbands, our children, you know, just in anything in life. We're taught that from a very early age. So I definitely understand. And me personally, I watched my mom um, work harder than anybody I've known. Both of my parents were active duty military. So we had a lot of, you know, moving parts all the time, all the time. I still to this day as an adult think about like 
all of the stuff we had going on as a family and how my mom scheduled it and managed it and honestly managed to be there. And when she couldn't show up, the way she explained those things to us also. What really um, takes me back about Mia is the suggestion that like when G tells her like, hey, I just want you to be aware he was really looking forward to you taking him to practice and this is the third time you've done that. And she's like, what would you have me do? Cancel my business meeting? I'm a boss. I'm a boss. The way she inserts that she's a boss in times that it's not really relevant, okay? I get stuck somewhere in between, and this is me personally, you know, to quote Lil Wayne, real G's move in silence like lasagna. I don't need to tell you that I'm a boss all the time. It's just something that I show and I, you know, prove throughout my work ethic. But also sometimes if a girl want to brag about herself, go ahead and do it. All right. But with Mia, it's like even later on in the episode with Ascala, when Ascala was like, hey, that was really rude, like what you said. And she's like, how many businesses do you own? I don't I don't care. That doesn't mean that you can talk to anybody any certain way, to be honest. And that's where Mia is losing me because she doesn't stay on topic with shit. All right. I don't think any I feel like it's like somebody's trying to take something from her. Like that's how she feels. And it's like, no, you're I don't think anybody is really trying to take anything from you, me, especially not your husband. I think he's just trying to keep you more balanced, which is what more could you ask for in a partner? And again, this is just from what I see. You know, I like I said, I fall somewhere in between. I like to hear um, women brag about themselves, but it's just the way she says something sometimes because m- Again, I I don't want to get into like bragging on my mom because I will be here all day and I'll probably start crying because she's amazing. She's like a real life superhero. But the way my mom handled a lot of things, she would like, for instance, I was often like the last kid picked up at um, after school care. Now, I wasn't there to like seven or anything. It was like 530. It's just where I went to school. A lot of kids got picked up early. And I remember one time the counselors asked me like, oh, is everything okay? Like, you know, do you feel any way about like your mom being late? And I was like, she's not late. Cause this is one thing, we not gonna play that game. It had to be like 6.30 before they started like calling people and like handing you over to the authorities. I was like, she's not late. My mom handles business. And I remember as a kid even saying that. And my mom would come get me and feed me. And sometimes she, I would be in her office in the other room while she held meetings and like, I remember we would sometimes be there till like 8 30 9 o'clock and then go home like you know do showers and bed and stuff and I still never ever heard my mom be like I'm a boss okay you're not gonna play with me like this because I'm a boss do you know all this shit I handle not in you know her professional life not in our home life when it was you know us at home like I mean we (laughs) One person you will never play with is my mother, okay? So we never, if she said something, it was just getting done. You didn't question it. But it was never like, oh, you know what? I handle things like that. I don't know. I was just, I'm like, Mia, no one's trying to take anything from you, girl. Like, I see a lot of, she seems to have like a really good support system. But nevertheless, Candace has decided to have a little pajama jam party. And, you know, (laughs) 
I, I'm shocked on how much I'm relating to Candace this season because she says something so familiar to me when she's talking about Wendy she's like Wendy's got big feet and I was like oh my god listen I have big feet I wear a size 10 shoe I don't know why I'm somebody who looks at other people's feet but I do like I everyone I notice feet okay so when she said that I was like oh she'd be looking at feet like I do so she decides to have the women over and calls and tells Wendy Ascala and Robin who are all together after a workout and that is when we see the text message that Mia replied with after Giselle and Robin reached out now again with Mia I'm not understanding why that was your response okay her being like Hello, Giselle. If you'd like to schedule an appointment, I can put you in touch with my... If you want to discuss business, I'd put you um, in touch with my assistant. What are you talking about? Like, you... I met you in a social circle, okay, while I was arguing with the person that you came with. You spoke highly of me and you asked me for my phone number before you left. And then I hear you're speaking about my character after I've only been around you like one or two times and the uh, the the other time I was around you that person that I have issue with was also around I'm not telling you like oh you're cup like I don't it was very off-putting to me that that was her response because I didn't ask you to come crack my back sis I didn't ask you for you know, business advice. This is a social thing. All right. Now, if Mia wants to say like, oh, I don't appreciate. No, because I'm still not understand. I'm really not, to be honest with y'all. Because the fact that the first time you met Giselle, you came with Karen and her and Karen did a banter. Okay. And then she's like, Giselle has a good heart. When you don't know this lady, And then all of a sudden it's like, if you want to talk business with me, that's all we need to talk. Like, what are you talking about? She has such a problem staying on subject. Like, she really does. It's like she studied, like, I'm getting like season, like six Nene leaks, like after she did Glee and everything and her head was kind of big. But I mean, at least we knew Nene for six years before that. You know what I mean? I'm getting like, yeah, Nini from that. I am very rich era. But she's not serving Nini comebacks because Nini knew how to stay on topic. So we go on over to the Jammy Jam. And listen, I don't know why Karen Huger is acting like she don't know how to take a shot of fireball. However, I will say, Candace gave Karen a shot out of a rocks glass. She gave the rest of the women shots out of little mini solo shot cups so that that, that might have been a little bit more alcohol in there than the rest of women but still karen stop playing drink it i don't watch you talking about i need to eat i need to okay we all know you like to drink nevertheless i find it very funny that uh the first people there are karen and then the green-eyed bandits because it makes for the most awkward interactions that I love. And of course, Giselle wears the ugliest robe I've ever seen in my life. So 
once most of the women get there, we start discussing, you know, the conversation in the text message that Mia sent to Giselle and Robin. Mia finally comes in. And like I said, she's just, she's not understanding the point. But uh, Candace comes in with, honestly, the voice of reason. I am shook. She has grown and learned because a little candy gal got up on the counter and realized real quick, like, hey, this isn't going to get solved here and it needs to be individual conversations. I said, wow, look at you, girl. Look at you. And you know, I might even play Prosecco uh, Pong. That was cute. Actually, I won't. Me and my friends were talking last night about how drunk we get when we drink either Prosecco or Champagne. And actually, I learned, which I think I knew this, but I relearned it last night uh, when we were having a couple glasses of wine, that you get more drunk when um, you drink champagne and or Prosecco because like your body metabolizes it faster. Oh my God, I totally forgot about that. And I was like, that tracks because when your girl is drinking any type of champagne or anything like that, you can't tell me nothing. But I'm also probably gonna be cross-eyed in a little bit. But nevertheless, um, the women sit down to play a game and Wendy also loses me. And I understand that, or Wendy, why do I keep confusing Wendy and Mia? Those are not similar names, but for some reason I keep mixing them up. Anyways, this is what I'm also like lost with with Leah. And from what I understand, like reading online, I know people think it's like really funny. I just, (laughs) I don't think it's not funny. I just don't, it's not gonna making me like her any more or any less. Mia tells us that it's not her clit she had done. It was a vaginal rejuvenation. And listen, the way she had me second guessing my own anatomy, I was like, what? Like, huh? Your clit? Because you get it in too much? I said, I was quite, I was like, have I been doing things wrong? You know, like, I'm not a sexologist, but I was like, I think almost 30 I know you know what's going on down there I've had plenty of pap smears in my life I was so confused when she said that so it is a vaginal rejuvenation and all of the other women had the same reaction that I'd had which was miss girl did you not know what do you not do a consult with the doctor beforehand like she is something she is something You know, I'm glad her and Wendy were able to, you know, sit back and have a good time while they were at the party. But uh, next week looks good. Okay. I mean, this week was good. I love Potomac. They deliver. But I am already so excited for Sunday. I mean, ooh, I love these ladies. Okay. That's going to wrap up Potomac for the week. We are going to wrap up the show on that part. So before we go ahead and wrap up this episode, I do want to touch on a topic that um, one of my good internet friends, the Jonathan Chandler, brought up, and it's the colorism issue that happens in Potomac. So what we're seeing this season so far, and what we've seen in the past, for example, like I know Jonathan said it, Taria from What Else Is Going On has said it, Ashley Darby, for example, Ashley has the nastiest mouth absolutely nasty 
However, can and to be honest, I think can uh, Ashley's mouth is worse than Candace's. However, people get on Candace more. Do we wonder why? Okay, same thing with Giselle. Giselle gets by saying a lot of things that it's just mm, and. For those of you who may not know what colorism is, um, in the black community, and I mean, it's not even just the black community, it is all, you know, minority groups have their own versions of colorism. But in the black community, what we're talking about here is, you know, lighter skinned black people getting a pass, more passes and opportunities than darker skinned black people. And it's based on their skin tone okay I mean we've all well not we've all me personally have grown up you know understanding that there is different treatment while there is there's just so many layers to racism you know system systemic racism colorism and things like that so if you are a person that didn't understand why Wendy kept bringing up her accolades and stuff last year, but you're okay with Mia reminding us that she's a boss at any given time, you might need to check yourself why. Because again, everyone's going to get their come up. It's going to be different. Wendy has her degrees and those are hard degrees to work for. I am not saying that Mia did not work hard. I don't think that they, her husband and his business partners would have handed that over to her um, without making sure she was ready. However, what Wendy has accomplished, she absolutely deserves to brag about all the time. And how, honestly, last year, how I felt, I was like, yeah, she mentioning it a lot, I, but mm, I would too. Okay. But she mentioned it at the proper time also. Okay, we weren't just sitting there and she was like, you know, I got a degree. Somebody didn't call her rude and she was like, you know, I got a degree. Like Mia keeps doing, throwing it in your face, throwing it in your face. Now, what I will say is if colorism is something you don't understand, you should just say that and maybe do some listening and learning instead of getting on the defense. Okay, and if colorism is something that you try to you know act like isn't real you should really really check yourself on that because it absolutely is um and we all know it I always find it funny you know when people try and deny things such as you know sexism racism colorism things like that against the people who it directly affects so you know do some listening and learning like I always say and it'll be be helpful all right because it costs zero to not be ignorant as fuck but with that we're going to go ahead and wrap up our show for the week um per usual i am going to ask you guys to rate and review me on apple podcast five stars okay it really it really helps get me out there the week before last we did great y'all understood the assignment a plus cross the board last week mmm Y'all failed. I'm gonna give y'all an F. I had no new ratings and reviews last week and I would appreciate that because I'm trying. I am trying to get this out here for y'all. Don't y'all appreciate me? No? Well, you should. 
I'm just kidding. I hope you do. <laughs> uh, yes. So uh, don't forget to rate and review me. And follow me, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, share in also, or in Spotify, sorry. And also go ahead and follow the Instagram page at Who Asked Me Podcast, and we will chat over there. Talk to y'all next week.